In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm finally back with my co-host, Jack. Jack, how are you, buddy? I'm good. Happy to hand the reins back. It's been a fun three days. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the week's kicking off, so uh, I'm off wandering and working. The CEO's over, so busy week for me. So uh, handing the reins back to you. You had fun? Yeah, mate. Thanks a lot for covering everything. Um, I'm actually still in Barcelona at the moment, and I must admit, I haven't been giving the Browns full attention. It's been our best man looking after him. So uh, duty's cool. But um, obviously, I've been uh, trying to come online as much as I possibly can. It's been a really exciting uh, weekend. So, uh, um, yeah, mate, thanks a lot again for doing all the shows. Yeah, no worries. What do you make of the draft? Yeah, good. Um, I think the first thing that comes into mind is uh, greedy. Wow. What a uh, what a pick! That was just amazing. I think, if I'm correct, we had him down as, as a 17th pick when we we're doing some mock drafts at some points. I think you were definitely uh, a huge fan of him, and uh, picking him up in a in the second round was awesome. So yeah, super excited. I was in a nightclub when it happened, and uh, yeah, really really excited. Nice. And then yeah, sorry, uh, and uh, uh, yeah, and then I thought the. Um, the rest of the picks, I must be honest, I didn't know a lot about about them. But I think uh, Taki Taki, I'm really happy we took a linebacker there. Then Red Wine, we took a safety once again. And Mac Wilson, I've, I think I've heard a few people mentioning him as well. Once again, all the positions were great, what I thought we need. And now I need to go and do some research and know more about them uh, players. My concern is still, and I'm amazed we didn't do anything to touch his defensive tackle position. If Ogan, Joby and Richardson, either of them go down, we are thin and there is no pressure there, which the trouble is if one of those two go down, there's no real benefit to having Miles Garrett and Vernon on the outside because you lose that benefit. You, with those two players there, it's fantastic. You're holding them to, a, you're sort of keeping the interior busy, which leaves sort of the outside one-on-one -on -one at the moment. They can just use that extra sort of person in the middle if one of those two go down. Because, in all honesty, uh, we saw it last year. Larry Ogunjobi plus Coley isn't very good. Um, even Ogunjobi wasn't able to get constant pressure because the pair of them can't really do anything crazy. Whereas if if the, the line's at full health, you're amazing. If not, what we're doing, moving Miles Garrett to three-tech probably, moving Richardson to one-tech, and then... Do you start Avery on the edge? Do you start Chris Smith on the edge? That's probably what you're going to be looking at as a direction. They really need to do something on the interior. Uh, I don't know. This, this could be another show in the future, but is there any names out there that you can see in the free agency for DT? Or You've obviously got the big two names is Sue, and even though he's on the team, Gerald McCoy. I can't see either of them coming here. Um, I, I don't know if there's sort of any directions out there in terms of defensive tackle um there's no one that really excites me i think 
I'm not sure if Mohamed Wilkerson's still available. I need to go and check. Um, most most of the guys out there, there's not anyone that really jumps off the page for me in that position. There might be someone in there that I just haven't heard of or just not on the list I'm looking at, but I don't think there's too much talent. We had sort of a historically deep defensive tackle draft class and didn't touch anyone. Who do you think would be our fourth name in our roster at the moment for our as defensive tackle? So Coley backs up as the second three technique and Brian Price backs up as the second one technique. Okay. All right. And um, yeah, then obviously we took a kicker with our, uh, I think it was our fifth round or sixth round pick. Uh, uh, final pick in the fifth, I believe. Final pick yeah. in the fifth. It's all one big blur that day three. And uh, what, how do you see that, mate? Um, him versus uh, Joseph? Oh, well, I, th- I think he's more or less got the spot. Um, I don't think he's even close. I'd say give him a 75, 80% chance of make, uh, getting that roster spot. Um, it, it is what it is. If you're going to invest in a, a, kick in a pick in a kicker, then they're very likely to make the team. And then by all means, if it's not working two, three weeks, four weeks down in the season, you cut him and you grab someone else. Do you think Greg Joseph will go on our practice squad or do you think he will leave the Browns? No. Uh, kickers are so easily replaceable um, and when you're looking at just replacement level value that there is no point keeping a kicker on your practice squad. The only time you'd look to do that is if you've got a kicker injury. You saw it a few times this season just gone. The uh, teams, when they had a uh, injury to their kicker, they just sort of picked up a kicker in their practice squad so that... If, if they decide that the kicker's not ready on game day, you then elevate that other kicker and then you um, drop them the day after when you're happy your original kicker's back. Yeah, Drew Forbes at guard. I thought, good positional pick. I don't know a lot about him. And uh, what the research I've done on Donnie Lewis as a cornerback is, uh, yeah, really good talent, really good uh, chance. And yeah, listen to the podcast. It's good. There's a chance he may make our sixth spot on as a cornerback. Yeah, it all depends what they want to do. If they carry a seventh cornerback, it's probably a really good chance of making the roster. If they carry just six, it's all based on what his special team's value is. Um, and none of us really know that at the moment. That's something they'll work out during camp. Um, your your final cornerback, your final linebacker, your final wide receiver, they're all special team spots. Um, and if you can get some uh, sort of linebacker or positional play out of those players, then great. But in all honesty, you're looking at special team value for your sixth cornerback, linebacker and wide receiver. Yeah. And Jack, one thing I wanted to ask you was um, in the linebacker room now, do you think we need any extra depth or you think we've now got a solid uh, team ready for the, uh, for the, for the new season? Um, it all depends what they want to do. And no one knows what Wilkes' defence is going to be. Obviously, you've had Kitchens and Dorsey chatting about using sub packages and how that's really important in the NFL. But do they believe in Kirksey? Do they believe in Schobert? Um, do they want to bring in someone else? Do they believe in some of the guys they've brought in? Do they trust either of the picks they've brought in? Or are they more long-term projects? No one really knows what angle they want to take. There's, sort of, there's two names out there at the moment that did really well last season, according to PFF. You've got Zach Brown, um, who's their number three linebacker. And you've got Josh Bynes. Um, I think it's Bynes, B-Y-N-E-S. Um, he was at the Cardinals. Um, so he was their 14th rated linebacker. Um, so 
there is some talent there if you wanted to go out and get one. I don't think they did. Um, if they'd have only picked up one linebacker in the draft, then I think one of those two names would definitely be something I could see. Um, but I don't think it is. There's some sort of deeper names out there, sort of Teo, Pullard, Compton, Hager, um, Vigil, um, Kevin Pierre-Lewis, and Cameron Lynch that are they're sort of backup rotational players if they wanted to go get one of those. They all polled well, but not enough snaps last year to get a grade. So they're players that are available. And some of those guys might have been signed in the last two days because I'm just using the Roto World free agency list, which is always really good. But obviously where they've been, all their staff on the draft, there might be a couple of players that have slipped through the net. Um, we've got Matt Wilson, Tacky Tacky, and uh, I think it's uh, Adrivis Taylor, which one could you see starting, uh, maybe like if they play three linebackers, which one do you think is going to get most of the snaps? Um, well, I think you're looking Schobert, Taylor and Wilson are much more suited to being middle linebackers. So I don't think you're looking at them. I think if you're looking at, an, if you're starting a third linebacker, you're probably looking at Avery at the moment. Um, you've got Kirksey and Tacky Tacky, um, who are probably going to be competing at the will. Um, but I would say if you're looking at a third linebacker at the minute, Jannard Avery is probably your guy, even though I wouldn't even have him in that linebacker rotation. By all means, if someone gets injured, stick him back there. But I, I want him starting in the, uh, not starting, but in that edge rotation as that fourth edge, um, just sort of competing with snaps alongside Chris Smith, but much more pass snaps rather than any run snaps. But um, no, I'd say Jannard Avery is probably your third linebacker at the minute. Yeah. The... Um... Obviously, I you know I love this is the undrafted free agents. I haven't put as much effort as I have done in, in previous years, but the name that the talent player, the Desmond Harrison of this year, seems to be a guy called Watt Ray, a defensive end. So he's a name to see. Whether he's going to get into our defensive end room, I don't know, but he's definitely a name to keep an eye on during the um, uh, the uh, preseason. Well, it all depends about how much smoke they're blowing up. Um... Chad Thomas is asked. Um, they keep hearing from people like Alonzo Highsmith that he's going to have sort of this breakout season this year and we're going to see something amazing. I doubt it. Um, I'm, I would love to be um, proved wrong. I just can't see it. I think at best he's competing with Zettel to be sort of that fifth defensive end if Avery's in the room. So you're you're not looking at anything that really going to be a difference maker teams carry sort of five defensive ends so um if Avery's classed as a linebacker then I think Chad Thomas might make the roster but I think we're talking about just making a roster not any real impact but hey I might be wrong I think you should stick to spinning records rather than uh <laughs> getting off the snap all right cool and now the safety room is now complete um, do you think the safety room is better this year or next year? Last I year, think, sorry. I think they've done a really good job of improving the depth. If you're looking at sort of Murray and Redwine as the backups, it's much better than I, I think we were looking at um, Whitehead and Kindred last year as backups. In terms of starters, it's trash. Um, in terms of last year, I think Randall's great. And there seems to be this sort of hype around Randall as sort of a top five safety within Browns communities and what I read on Twitter he is he's he's good he's solid he's not elite um he, he's a very useful player to have he can flip between free safety and corner which is a useful skill to have in terms of Morgan Burnett 
I'm not impressed at all. Peppers, according to PFF, and lots of people that watch games, was our better safety last year. And I, th- I think that's going to be a weakness that we might see during the season in coverage. I just don't think Morgan Burnett is at the level that um, Peppers was at. I think the depth is good, and depth is very important in the NFL. Um, but I, I, th- I think Peppers is going to be a major miss. Yeah. Um, all right, great. And just quickly going to the offense, we didn't really do a, do a lot in the offense uh, during the draft. Um, my only question I had for you was, Drew Forbes, we're seeing potentially as a, as a guard. Yeah. I see him as guard. I think Cush is probably situated as the fourth interior lineman. And then um, I think Forbes comes in as the fifth interior lineman on that depth chart. So I reckon that's where it's at. And then in terms of tackle, we're looking at Kendall Lamb as our third tackle. And then Harrison as our fourth tackle. And I, I reckon that's where you're at. Most teams, you're, you're looking at sort of eight or nine. I think we might keep nine. So I think Cush is going to back up Betonio, Tretter and Corbett. So if anyone goes down on that interior, Cush is the one that's going out there. And he might even be a game day inactive Forbes. But Forbes is that sort of fifth guy on the interior who just comes in when he's needed. Hopefully not. Do you think, cost. <laughs> do you think we've got enough depth in the uh, tackle room at the moment? Or do you think that's well-balanced with cap space? I think the depth is good. I just don't think the starting talent's good at all. I, I don't rate Greg Robinson or um, Chris Hubbard at all. I don't think either had a good year last year. Um, I wanted to see a pick somewhere um, that was going to replace one or either of them through this season. That's not going to happen. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Kendall Lamb beats out Hubbard and Hubbard goes back to being a swing tackle. I could certainly see that during camp. Um, I could also see Greg Robinson's position up um, for competition. Um, I just don't see a player in there that's going to push them out. As some, some people have questioned, will Betonio flip outside? I can't see that based on what happened. I think the chances Betonio would have jumped outside if Zeitler would have still been here, slide Corbett into the left guard and you flip Betonio out. But um, as soon as Zeitler was traded, I can't see any major changes there. The one interesting battle is going to be for that fifth and sixth wide receiver because Beckham, Callaway, Landry, Higgins, they're locked in. But for fifth and sixth, you've got Ratley, you've got DSG, you've got Strong, you've got Blake Jackson, you've got Derek Willies. Um, they'll probably have a couple of other names banging around. Um, there's going to be some serious competitions for that fifth and sixth spot. And I honestly think who's the best special teamer, you're probably going to make the squad. Surely that strong guy's got that a fifth wide receiver position just on the previous experience, or am I wrong? Um, experience is okay, but there's so many injuries and other problems that I don't think they want to make a long-term commitment to him. Um, and Cal- with, with Callaway there, especially like last season when you got Josh Gordon, you can have question marks over different players in different position rooms you can't stack too many in the same position room so you've got Beckham Landry and um, Higgins I think everyone's pretty confident they'll probably be fine for the whole season Higgins had a couple of injuries but I don't think they're sort of recurring injuries whereas Callaway's always going to be a question mark Strong's then a question mark you don't want to balance too many I think Ratley's probably got a decent shot of being fifth or sixth purely because he was drafted by this regime but um, I wouldn't be surprised if any of them names make the fifth or sixth. I think it's going to just be an open competition. Yeah. Tight end room, not a lot really 
obviously changed over the weekend. Uh, running back room, we've picked up an undrafted free agent, but I don't think it's worth talking at this stage. But there's a lot of people yeah, pumping the break, uh, pumping the hype train for him. So it's going to be interesting one to note. Will Jude Johnson hang around? I didn't think Jude Johnson would be on the roster coming into this week. Could he sort of be moved as the backup slot receiver? I would prefer to see that. Move him there. He'll be a lot happier. Add another running back to the room. And um, I, I, I would much prefer to see that. Um, and I think it frees you up just to have another outside guy on the roster. Even if you sort of have him as sort of, he's in the running back rotation, if sort of, Chubb needed a rest, but we're actually going to split him 50-50, slot wide receiver and running back, rotate Landry off sort of one out of four snaps, say. Um, I, I, I think if you're going to commit to 11 personnel, which I think we really are this year, you're going to see a lot less two, three running backs, uh, two, three tight end and two, three running back sets. So um, by all means, Landry probably need a little bit of rotation this year. Um, so I would say throw Duke Johnson out there and let him have, say, one in four, one in five wide receiver snaps instead of Landry. Yeah, so look at the, uh, the running back room. Uh, looking at super, super depth here is uh, the guy that I liked last year on our practice squad was uh, Devan Mays. And then there's the new guy in called Darren Hall. So it'd be quite interesting to see uh, how them two fight out for the running back practice squad. But the chance of them, any of them two playing is very small. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I love the depth in the uh, in the roster. This uh, the, the micro battles, and um, the last thing is, mate, the Scottish Hammer. Can you see him making our roster? Yeah, I th- I think Colquitt's position is really a threat because if you can save two million just by moving from Colquitt to the Scottish Hammer, this guy, somebody's kicking, has been massive. Did some. Um, not just punting, did some kicking as well um, in the past. So can do that as a backup and sort of injury cover. So I think Colquitt's position is at risk because if you can save 2 million on your roster, we're now into that position where spending an extra 2 million here and an extra 2 million there isn't really an option. We've got to trim fat whenever we can. And um, I think Colquitt, even though he's going to be a better punter, um, there was the Vogel battle last year, which he won because... We overspent, but it was a small amount. We're now talking record overspend, and I think Colquitt could easily be one of those casualties. Yeah, it'd be in- interesting to see. I heard, I saw something over the weekend that Colquitt has stopped following the Browns on social media, but look, uh, I may have looked at that when I was in a nightclub, so I don't know how accurate that information is. But uh, I'm really interested uh, to see how good this uh, Scottish Hammer really is. Yeah, it's, um, uh, the one thing that really excites me, and it's, it's something I've spoke with uh, Brown Sailing Mock Draft before on the pod, we want kickers and punters that can also be gunners. If you can make that kick and you can be one of the first people down there smashing that uh, running back or wide receiver or cornerback, whoever's catching that kick or the punt, then I love to see it. I want my kickers and punters to get involved in the return game. So uh, <laughs> by all means, go mad, let them smash him. And then, uh, yeah, let's see what happens. And if you've got a kicker and a um, punter that can also cross over, and we've got that because our kicker we drafted can punt. And if our punter can kick, it just leaves you a bit more safety that if someone goes down, I know it's unlikely for one of those guys to get injured, but you don't want to be sat there in a Super Bowl when one of them just pulls a leg. And then uh, you're sat there going, right, we've got to go for this on fourth down. It's fourth and seven. We're going to go for it because we don't want to trust some 
random player, Chad Ocho Cinco going out there trying to take kicks. So, um, by all means, so a little bit of crossover. It's always good to see. But um, oh, it's going to be interesting. There's lots of battles in camp, but uh, oh, exciting times. Excellent. Well, look, Jack, I've got a huge week of shows coming up, so it'd be great to get back to London and uh, get back in the hot seat. Uh, I think we're going to have Ben Albright on this week, so that'd be great. Um, maybe it'd be a, a birthday special, so watch your space. And, um, mate, draft 2020. We've got extra picks in the sixth and the seventh round. It's only 363 days away, Jack. Let's get excited. It's exciting times. It's nearly here, but uh, our Super Bowl will hopefully actually happen in February rather than May, this, uh, rather than the end of April. So uh, it's an exciting time. And who knows where this season's going to go? It's going to be really, really exciting. Um, hopefully, we can just keep everyone healthy. And health is going to be the biggest threat to the Browns this season. Um, an injury to sort of a couple of players could derail everything. So health is the one thing. There's depth in the squad, but if you get three, four key injuries, a bit like the Bengals had last year, a bit like a couple of other teams have had before, that can ruin everything. So fingers crossed, guys. Hopefully they stay healthy, get through camp, and then let's start getting through the season unscathed. And if I'm correct, I watched the building the Browns in, in bed hungover today, and it looks like that, uh, we've got a mini camp this weekend, so it'd be great to see all these uh, new new faces in the building. Oh, good to see. I haven't watched any of them yet. I will get round to them. I just haven't had the time. Mate, you're a busy man now, mate. You're a you're a corporate sales guy. So, uh, um, but yeah, mate. Once again, thanks a lot for looking after everything while I was away. And uh, yeah, I look forward to getting back into the studio and uh, doing some shows this week. Good stuff. Have a fantastic time. 